Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 36 of the Thread Raiders podcast. We hope that you enjoy it. Unfortunately, there was a little bit of a technical issue this week I wanted to give you a heads up on. TK is on the road and forgot his microphone, so he had to use the microphone at a Burger King drive-thru. As a result, his audio is a little bit tinty. Hopefully, it won't be so bad, uh, but we do apologize in advance. And now, here's the show. Red Raiders. Hello. Thread Raiders. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, one and all, welcome to the Thread Raiders podcast. What started as a small uprising on Twitter has turned into a movement to spread goodwill among all creators with the occasional side quest for shopping carts and elbow pads. <laughs> My name is Fenwald Griswick. And I am Chaotic Anarchy. And until uh, the end of PAX, I am Mint Tea Cake. I am Tea Cake. Yes. Mintier than ever. <laughs> and our guest host... Oh, hi. How are you guys doing? I didn't know if you wanted me to come in right away or not. Uh, I am Sean, known as Throck Plays. John. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being on the show with us. I am so excited to be here. Ah! <laughs> Sean is from the uh, Welcome Party RPG yes. uh, that is channel, correct. I think is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. It's not a show. It's dozens of shows. Yeah, a whole community. It is a number. Yeah, it is a whole community. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people there. So let's start there. Tell us more about Welcome Party. Sure. Yeah, Welcome to the Party is an inclusion and equity oriented RPG community. Oh. Uh, we originally started out uh, with like three shows back in, I think it was March. Um, and our whole remit is uh, to give visibility to a lot of folks who normally wouldn't have visibility in a classic uh, like D&D streaming space. It is, uh, I am a bearded, middle-aged white guy, and it is a lot of people who don't look like me, thank God. <laughs> and um, we've just reached 300 people on the Discord channel, which Congratulations. is Congratulations, yes. And, nice. Yeah. Uh, and we are currently... Uh, launching the first of our new late night shows with some uh, an Australian DM, uh, and we're looking for we're looking to do a bunch of like later in the evening stuff. I think right now on any given week you can see ten different shows on the channel. Um, I run two of them. Uh, a couple other people run a couple, but mostly it's a just ten different DMs running ten different games. And they're not all D and D. Like tonight is our leverage game, um, which is in the leverage system. Yeah, based well, on the TV show Leverage. leverage. Yeah. I think uh, I saw that on Clay's Discord, and there was some chat about it. It actually appeared in our Third Age Discord for a brief time, CA, on the uh, uh, TTRPG Classroom, okay. talking about different systems, which was by a random Tuesday thing of, hey, tell me about the different systems you guys stream. Yeah. <laughs> Is it an easy system? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's very narrative focused, and it's technically the Cortex system, I believe. Um, I don't know what that means, because I've never played it. Me neither. But I, I, I think it's the same system that Firefly uses. Okay. Based near, it's close to fate. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's close to fate. Okay. Cool. Another system I need to play. I've played a lot of systems, but like the ones that are super <laughs> popular right now, like fate, I haven't played. 
Yeah, it's have... fate adjacent, I think is the best way to say <laughs> okay. you'll, you'll never hear me yeah. talk about a popular system on this show. Trust me. <laughs> awesome. So tell us more about how Welcome Party RTG got started. Uh, well, I wanted... I, I had this big idea originally, um, and it was going to be like this. Let's bring all of the D&D streamers under one big banner sort of project. It did not work. It didn't work. It just, it, it, yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to, I, I was biting off incredibly more than I could chew at the time. And uh, what I really realized, but it did help me crystallize what I actually wanted to do, which was create a space to teach people how to stream and then give them a place to do it. And layer on top of that, the inclusion and equity component of making sure that we have a lot of really awesome visibility going on on the stream as well. And that's where we're at. We're an LGBTQA uh, and ally organization, essentially. And uh, in September, at the end of at the end of September, we raised $3,000 for Trans Lifeline, which was amazing. Congratulations. And so, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah so when it was at like 2000, I didn't know you guys got, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, so I had an aspirational goal of 5,000, but of course, like, it was our first time yeah. ever running a charity stream. We got really a huge amount of support. Yeah. yeah, I'm super proud, like, Critical Role signed a map for us, like, right. what the crap is that? Yeah, like, Matt Mercer, <laughs> like, what, like, who, I'm just some schlub who likes to help people play games, and all these nice people came out, and I think that's one of the great things about the D&D community, right, is it's... There are Incredible. a million amazing people out there. For every toxic mm -hmm. person out there, there are a million amazing people. And uh, I love that about the community. Love it. Yeah. I guess you promote like people I've never heard of that I started following and we actually became friends over various other things. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've met so many amazing people. Like, just uh, Chaotic Anarchy is actually one of the first people I met. Uh, and I still want to get you on a game sometime. I really, really do, because I think you're an amazing role player. Yes, I used to come to all of your video game streams before Welcome RPG came out. I know, and then I stopped mm -hmm. streaming video games, which is what it is. Then I was but sad, this... but yeah. Yeah. I get to do <laughs> uh, Welcome RPG, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I like this more than streaming video games and i get old mm -hmm. i did i am and there are fewer boneheads i think yeah. who come to a, an rpg stream yes, than come to a uh, video uh, games yeah. and rpgs are really two different worlds mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah we're lucky to have a platform that works so well for both yeah agreed as a as a mogul as a person who is beginning a media empire, how a do you manage empire. 57 shows? And more importantly, so I know that you're not quite TNT yet, but you're almost TNT. Yeah. So my question yeah. for you is, uh, how many shows will Kira Cedric be in? At least six. We have a contractual obligation right now, mm. and this is on the down low, so don't tell anyone else. This is, this is pretty secret. Well but done. We are, Breaking news yeah. here on the Threadwork yeah. Podcast. Uh, Kira Cedric has signed on for eight shows Yay. <laughs> one a day twice on sunday that's that's how we like to do it here on welcome to the party yeah <laughs> but seriously with all that with all those shows how do you you know how do you promote them all how do you manage that schedule well uh, uh it's hard and i have to ask for help i have an amazing community of moderators uh you guys probably know met's girl she yeah. is oh, yeah. she's our moderator yeah too. see she's great. yeah she's amazing and she has helped take over twitter duties for me uh and so i kind of uh so the two primary areas in which we reach out are twitter and youtube right and so uh and then of course discord but that's 
much more self-selective than YouTube or Twitter. And so the two places where we actively push are Twitter, where we put out a daily go live, and then uh, like an hour before we put out one, and then on YouTube we upload all our videos to there. I have been horrible at it, and so uh, two of my mods are like, uh, yesterday I was literally like, I feel like I can't handle this all by myself, and I suck at asking for help. And they were like, look, look, just give us stuff and we'll do it. And already there's like, because there's, there's like 160 episodes on the YouTube channel right now. And uh, I, I couldn't keep up with like indexing them and like getting cards for all of them. And there's already now an index of them in one day. And like one of the other mods is making cards for the front end of all of them. And so that's how, with a little help from my friends, with from some brilliant people, Michi and Captain Jack and Mets Girl are all are all how it gets handled. I handle, now I primarily handle graphic design and streaming, uh, teaching people how to stream and all that sort of stuff. Nice. Yeah. So, Sean, it, it sounds like um, me and CA right there where we'll ask each other for help, but we don't ask anybody else for help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like that. Yeah. I got to the point with Thread Readers. I mean, right now I do about like 30 hours a week working on Thread Readers and then, you know, my, my normal job of 40 hours a week. So it really is mm. full time everywhere. And the community has really just, they're amazing. They really are amazing. And they have come together to make it all happen. And without them, we definitely wouldn't be where we are today. And we did the extra like fundraiser. And we also made around like $3,000 too. And I just couldn't believe it. And Throck, you were there too. Yeah, it was crazy. And congratulations. Y'all did amazing. Yes. And we were so glad to have you a part of it. It was so nice. Yeah, it was so much fun. And <laughs> finally, Mets and I have been trying to play games together since she joined the community. And it was it was great to finally get to play one and to be yeah. the only character who stayed on the prime material play. Mm -hmm. And she DM'd, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm hoping she does it again. I keep bugging her, too, but I'm afraid one day she's like, look, I'm going to fly the PA and punch you, TK. <laughs> At least once a week, like, so, uh, Mets, when we get a GM again, and then I don't hear anything, and then, like, she's going to hate me. No, <laughs> or hit me, one or the other. Well, that's possible. <laughs> I am very hittable. I mean, oh, it's years of martial arts training and, you know, the, uh, no. in the military. Oh my God. <laughs> you seem great to me. You seem so, great to me. Sean, you had mentioned about a podcast. Yeah, so this is a whole different part of my life that I know a lot of people in D&D are like, I want to be a voice actor, right? And so um, since I was, so this all started in fifth grade, or when I was five, when my grandparents uh, had their like 75th wedding anniversary or something, mm -hmm. um, I stood up there for 15 minutes talking about how great they were and how much I, I, I love them and all that sort of stuff. And so uh, ever since then, and like even when I was working in politics and I would do like phone banking, my manager come by and go, like, you should be in voiceover, right? And so ever since I was knee-high to a nurgling, I've wanted to, uh, wanted, to, I wanted to do voice work, right? And I find myself in a position where I can do it now. So I left my previous job and I'm taking three to four months to focus primarily on voiceover work. Uh, I take classes at a place called Edge Studio. I have private coaching. I have, uh, uh, I've got this nice setup now. I'm getting my sound booth built, and it's going to be built by Friday. I actually get to go pick it up, which will nice. be awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I have a podcast talking about how somebody who is no longer of college age makes a career transition into something as risky 
as voiceover work, and it's called The Waveform. Uh, I, ah, I thought it, nice. it had a, Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of got a dual meaning to it, it right? Does. Because you're yeah. moving on from one thing and into another, and it's like a wave. Right. And at the same time, I am forming into a new thing, going from 15 years in politics and public relations to being a creative voice actory type person. And so, yeah, uh, you can find that on my website at seansarahvo.com. And then if you want to get right there, front slash, <clears throat> excuse me, front slash podcast. Uh, it's also up on Google and Spotify now. And once I get episode three up uh, on Monday, it'll be up on Apple because they're less nice than everyone else. <laughs> so what I hear now is I have a new podcast to listen to while yes. I'm playing Fallout 76 alone. I already wrote it yes. down and we're going to post a link with our podcast as well so people can find you. Woohoo! Awesome. Yay. And you're actually my 24th podcast. So if you could actually keep it to just under an hour, then that'll be perfect because there's only 24 hours in a day. And Grace is one of those weird people who need sleep. <laughs> needs that. Ridiculous. It's, it's a genetic us. thing. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that my parents were both sleepers. <laughs> Everyone in this podcast right now, I don't think anyone's sleep. <laughs> So I've been keeping them short, too. They're only, there's only two so far. There'll be three. Well, I have three cut, but two live. Uh, and none of them go over 22 minutes because it's like just me talking mm -hmm. about a reflection on the last week and, you know, thinking about life for a minute. Mm -hmm. At some point, I might start doing interviews and stuff like that of voiceover professionals. But for now, it's just a chronicle of a journey. Yeah. Cool. That is actually really cool because there's very few podcasts out there that aren't sponsored. I put that in air quotes, which people <laughs> can't see. By like, you know, a big name company that's just trying to say, "Hey, we want our name out there." That's talking about, "Hey, this is what my life is right now. This is what I'm going through. Yeah, this is the challenges you may face." Yeah, and you know, I I was because I was looking for something to listen to. To be honest, right? Like, I'm like, what? What am I like? I I wanted because I I tend to like hyper obsess over whatever projects I'm working on mm -hmm. um, and like deep dive into them. And I'm like, I'll listen to podcasts. I'll read all the books. I'll like get some audiobooks, I'll like start writing my own stuff about it. And there weren't a lot of podcasts on like a new person to voiceover mm -hmm. and how they navigate both their training and then hopefully later on the industry and what it's like to be super poor after making a lot of money for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm technically unemployed right now. And so I have lots of time to work on lots of projects. So that's both fun and terrifying. It's good, though. It is. Yeah. yeah. Things are going to happen. Well, you can always pick up a part time job. And yeah. one of the things is that so, are you familiar with the website Fiverr? I am familiar with the website Fiverr. Okay. I was going to say, you know, Fiverr is a great place to pick up a little bit of spare cash doing voiceover work. Uh, you put up a little ad, and for five bucks, you're willing to do somebody's you know, voicemail or something like that. You know, whatever five dollars buys people nowadays. Yeah, and actually, yeah, if you yeah, ever yeah. get a chance to go out to Magfest, they have a lot of panels for voice actors mm -hmm. where you can take classes there as well, or you can meet um, voice actors that have done video games. You can meet with them, and then they discuss with you how you can get started as well. And you know, a lot of people that I know who um, have gone to MAGFest have actually made contacts that have helped them with their jobs in the future. So you should look into that and see if it's something you would like to do. Uh, yeah. Sean, I'm going to DM you something because I used mm -hmm. to, and I still do, 
do work on the side. Mm-hmm. I do uh, <laughs> four hire work. <laughs> yeah, I do four hire work. Watch our rating. I do all perfectly legal. I do uh, data analysis work for companies that want a freelancer to do it to see if the people that are paying 30 times what they pay me will do it. Mm-hmm. That's oh, correct. Yeah. I sent you a link to the place I work at when I need spare cash, like, you know, to get my tickets for, uh, my train tickets for Matt, or that's for, um, Packs of Blood. Packs this weekend. Packs, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> There's a, I was like, my brain blanked on Packs, why? <laughs> uh, I just want to call it the CA meet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And Sean, we could also cool, use Thank graphic you. designers for Thread Readers, too. We're always looking for art stuff, so if you're looking to pick up a commission here or there, you can always let me know, and then we could give you some work, too. Mm. For make, sure, but keep in mind, <laughs> yeah, I love you so much for that. I honestly, that's amazing. Yeah, you're you're all amazing. I just got your link as well, Mint. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I I'm a very amateur graphic designer. I I do some stuff, and I know how to do specific things well. And I have a dirty little secret about how I make over all of my graphics. Actually, um, I use PowerPoint, and I post a lot of graphics. By the way, like I do all mo- like three quarters of the overlays now for the new mm-hmm. shows on the channel. Kimmages was doing for, for a long time. And yeah. hers will always be the most gorgeous, and I love them. She is currently uh, like in the middle of moving and getting settled in, in a new place, and so for any of the new projects, I'm kind of handling all that right now. Um, but, so I I use, I use PowerPoint to do my overlays. As a, as a, a person who hates PowerPoint... <laughs> I'm angry, but I love your we are overlay yeah, swap. They're beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. They're very noticeable. Like, uh, yeah. I have watched a lot of your stuff, like especially uh the one that uh, Kim messaged me, like, oh you have to come check this out quick. And I was like, playing Fallout. Alright, I'll load it up on the computer while I while I play Fallout. I died a bunch of times because I was enamored. And I was like, oh crap, I'm dying a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> TK's like, uh... as a person who is physically repulsed by PowerPoint, <laughs> you make it palatable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I truly am. Like, I hear PowerPoint, and immediately my gut is like, why is there a knot here right now? <laughs> right? Yeah. And Sean, don't be uh, worried and... about if you feel like you can only do certain things. That's what Thread Raiders is all about. Yeah. Like, there's so many people mm-hmm. in our community that feel like they can't shine because they don't know everything on how to do one particular right. subject. But Thread Raiders is everybody coming together to help make everything happen. So even if all you could make was like an icon, you know, you're more than welcome to be a part of that with us. We would love that. Yeah. yeah. And that is why I get, so lovely. I get a lot of messages from people asking if I know people who can make them icons for the most random things. Like, I need a YouTube icon. Do you know you can do this? Let me check around Twitter to see if I know anyone who can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and they're on Twitter cool. asking me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um... You could check the same people on Twitter. You follow them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I talk a lot. It's called Google people. So you know that icon's yeah. going to be seen everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretty much get paid to Twitter, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm an IT manager. I knew it. I, I, I automate my job 90% of the time. CA has never not seen me on Twitter except for no. the four hours I sleep a night. I'm reading no. four different Twitters right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have two, and that's enough. I used to have three. Two is fine. Ooh. Two I can do. Yeah, two is good. Yeah, 
I feel like three I'm trying to, so much. I'm trying yeah. to still remember to post on Reddit of VG when we do stuff, CA, because I was like, yeah. oh, there's Redditors. Okay, post there. Well, it's, it's <laughs> new. Another one. It's new. <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah. Our little baby Twitter. <laughs> TK invented an AI called KT which does his job for him so that he can spend the rest of his time doing thread rate work <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna name like... my program that now I'm gonna go to work and like, right, you're renamed from uh, do my job for me to KT be like what's KT it's an okay. advance and reporting yeah. <laughs> so Sean Am I allowed yes. to bring up the special thingy that's on the, you know, the special thingy with, with Mage and Sage? I don't know. There's like... Mage? It, well, it's live now, I so know. yeah. Yes, that, tell us about that, it. That. Oh, yeah, so I am now, going wait to a be minute. running... We need a better intro what? than that. What the hell are you talking about? Not the thing. <laughs> Can't just say the thing. See the things. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... In a world... <laughs> War. <laughs> War never changes. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's your intro. You can cut that however, however you like. It's there for you. That one's a freebie. Yeah, um, use it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm going to be running a Liberation of Joff campaign. Uh, and what that is, is back in AD and Second Edition, they fused the setting of yes. Joff with Against the Giants. Um kind of rewriting it to fit within that. And it may have been in Joff to begin with, but they give you all this new information now, right? So you've got what looks like the 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 second edition version of the book has a Tomb of Annihilation level of information about Joff, right? The province of Joff, by the way, for those of you who don't know, is a province in Greyhawk. It is the Grand Duchy. Uh, in the lore, it was invaded like three years ago. It and another land uh, called Sterich uh, were both invaded by giants. And Sterich got liberated and Joff didn't. Uh, and so in my campaign, we're three years after the invasion, and uh, all of the players are refugees from Joff. And they uh, have been fighting for the last three years with the armies of liberation moving through Sterich. Uh, and now both the giant armies and the, the liberation armies are ground down to the point where they can't fight a battle anymore. Ooh. And that's where the heroes come in. <laughs> They're going to be the ones through the power of D&D heroism <laughs> who will go behind enemy lines and find out how to destabilize and destroy the giant kingdom that now exists in the land of Joff. And we'll use the Tales from the Yawning Portal dungeons in it, so it's kind of like uh, Tales nice. from the Yawning Portal giants, right, against the giants, layered on top of D&D 2nd Edition lore for Joff, and then having the narrative be my brainchild of these <laughs> refugees turned adventurers so, turned liberators. So, Sean, if we ever meet, um, I actually have that book on my bookshelf right now. Ooh, neat. I only have PDF. And um, you're going to sign it for me. Oh, jeez. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm not in any way famous. <laughs> I know uh, what if you're going to do, you're going to sign it. Because <laughs> uh, like, I've never met anyone who wanted to run that, even that area, because even though I learned how to run OP campaigns back from second edition, because second edition just allowed for OP, when people look at it, it's like, but it's so much information. Right, but, but 
It builds so well. <laughs> it builds so well, and here's the thing. You don't have to use it all right. As a DM, your job is to take the parts that are going to be most compelling to your players, or at least in my humble opinion. Your job is to take the pieces that are going to be most compelling to your players and work them into the narrative that you guys are collaboratively creating, right? So all the book, other than the dungeons, which are going to be there one way or the yeah. other, because mm-hmm. yeah, this needs to have a discrete beginning, middle, and end, and we're going to provide that structure. Um, Other than those, the rest of it's just there for you to pick and choose, right? You don't have to go into the, I think it's called the Darkwood or whatever. Like, some of that, by the way, as much as I love Greyhawk and, like, Mm -hmm. old-school D&D, naming conventions have come so far since then. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I won't say any more than that. But naming conventions are so much better now, and I enjoy them so I much could more. Talk to you for hours about that, seeing as I've read all of them throughout my years of playing D and D. Yeah. <laughs> yep. My favorite. Yeah. The the dragons tomb. What's in there? Oh, a dead dragon. A, a dead dragon, because it's the dragons tomb. Surprise! Right? Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's at the end of the adventure? A lot of loot. Because there's a yeah. dead dragon. Oh. You know, like you do. Because it's, <laughs> dead. yeah, it's... You know, like the horde. Well, I mean, co- I mean, you've also got Rise of Tiamat, and what happens? Tiamat rises, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, now, the back in second edition, the fall of Tiamat. Spoilers. What happens at the end? <laughs> Everyone dies because it's Tiamat. <laughs> right, yeah. And... Yeah, I don't like, I like heroic storytelling. I have a grimdark game. It's called Warhammer Fantasy, and I run it on Sundays at 1 p.m. on Welcome to the Party Eastern. Come join us. Uh, but I, plug, plug. But D&D for me, yeah, but, but D&D for me is heroic storytelling, right? I want to tell a collaboratively awesome, bardically inspired story about people doing rad things. And there could be death. Like, I'm not going to pull any, I already told them I'm not pulling any punches in terms of death in this game, Mm. but the narrative should be like the sweeping, overarching, and I'm a person who fudges dice, so I heard your, "Mm," and it's because (laughs) I like the dice to serve the story. I'll tell you right now, I have fudged dice in the past. I won't tell you in which games or for what, but like, I will not be doing this. All rules will be above board, and we're going to see what happens, because we're going old school. Yeah, Um, you're you're a better man than I, because I've never fudged dice. I almost killed a player Monday with quicksand. Yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, tomb of carnivals, I remember. Yeah, the carnival <laughs> There's no fudging there. Uh, no fudging Not 20 against your, uh, your athletic CA. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. First character death was CA. Yes. Well, I am known for rolling a lot of ones. So. <laughs> <laughs> you won a 19 against a nat 20, though. And you didn't even, like, <laughs> spare out all the details. Like, my arms and legs got ripped off and everything. Like, it was an epic first death. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, that I'm still writing, like, into, uh, like, a format that looks professional. Hmm. I, I should not have written so many damn notes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I've been trying to follow along with all that, but you lost me at Greyhog. <laughs> Which is, Hawk. I know that. Hawk. What is it? Hawk. Hard continent. Greyhawk. Yeah. Okay. I'm totally lost because I know Greyhawk. That's where uh, the Family Guy. That's the. This the is TV another show. like Hawk. horror, that's the setting there. horror that, thing. That is, that is Ka- okay. Uh, um, everyone at um, PAX, if you happen to see CA Grizz and I, we don't know Grizz. 
He's not a person. If you don't know what Greyhawk is, you're not allowed in the Indian I'm totally kidding. Oh my god. I feel bad even saying that. No, don't feel bad, dude. I actually said this to one of my players the other day. We were talking about second edition. He's like, I don't know what Greyhawk is. I'm like, get out. He's like, what? I was like, dude, it's okay. You've been playing for three weeks. We don't expect you to know everything. He's like, but I should. Like, all right, collectively, the 60 years of experience between me, your older brother, and your mom, and your experience of you started playing with me as your GM. <laughs> and I'm not giving you any history yeah. lessons on D&D. That's too much. Yeah, man. Like, so, there shouldn't be barriers to entry, you know? I think that's what you're saying is, like, you, a new player should feel welcome. Like, And I feel like if a new yeah. player walks into D&D right now, it's the Run show. And I'm fine with that because I love Run. It is mm. my favorite or second birthright might be my favorite, but it's probably at the very least my second favorite setting in D&D for a lot of reasons. Mm. Um and I, but I think a lot of people coming into the game are going to see it as the the Feyrun game, right? Yeah. And then everything else is just history and lore. And but then we, you're like, "What's a plane?" I'm like, "Welcome to Pomarge." Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, uh, <laughs> CA introduced me to Acquisitions Inc. Yes. And if you oh, look yeah. at uh, actually the fifth edition Tomb Annihilations, it takes mm-hmm. place in the Feyrun world. It's like that's yes, great. But if you look at the Tomb right. Two annihilations with Bahamut. It takes place yeah. in a different world than Greyhawk, but the same world as which is random. Like three third edition takes place. Like was this a transitional piece? And then TSO went my business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The original tomb. The original like the tomb of horror. The original tomb of annihilation was in Greyhawk by default, right? Because it came out in like. What eighty one or eighty two? I think uh, eighty two. So, yeah, and so it 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 was in Greyhawk because everything was in Greyhawk in eighty one, eighty two for the most part. Um, and but like I think it was was it Tomb of Horrors or Return to Tomb of Annihilation? I don't remember now. But one of them did get like plane shifted somewhere. Uh, and then there's this amazing return. Format. Oh, was it returned? Yeah. yeah, I got plane shifted to whatever world second and or whatever world third took place, how much I cannot remember right now. And then three point five changed it again. Yeah. Earth had all really the worlds. Yes. Which <laughs> I love by the way. I'll I'll talk all day about why I like fourth edition. But, but fourth had all I'm that, in a campaign right now. That's the only reason fourth was good to me. It it had it had all the worlds and there was no separation. Made plane shifting so much funnier on that one. Dude, mooks were great, or whatever they're called, one hit point bad guys, and like how even big nasties later on could be, when you're like level 20, could be one hit point bad guys. They did their thing and they went away. Awesome. Special freaking moves on the monsters. Awesome. Like, I think my problem is, it doesn't look or feel like D&D, right? Mm. And I think that's a problem a lot of people have with it, but as a role-playing game. It missed prestige classes, and I want to bring them back, and I... I occasionally tag Chris Perkins in that. Like, please bring prestige classes back. <laughs> you know, because I, I love feel them. like I, my guess is they. Pr- I, I hate to prognosticate on stuff other people are doing because I have no inside information, obviously. Um, but 
I feel like they're not going to do it in 5th edition. Everything's about keep it simple, stupid, yeah. right? Like, it's all... But they have on D&D Beyond. That's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You they have homebrews on D&D Beyond. Oh, no, actually, I official 5th edition prestige classes on D&D Beyond now. Oh, someone, no way, I didn't know that. Someone tweeted to me, like, but you got to buy, like, these nine books. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to oh. buy nine books. Like, well, they, they bought, like, the ultimate D&D Beyond package is like, I use D&D Beyond when somebody tells me, I want you to make an OP character for a one-shot I'm running, and I don't have time. <laughs> They're like, okay, Nils, here you go. It's a god <laughs> monk. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells me, I didn't get to use them. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> L- ladies and gentlemen, what you've just heard was Sean and TK trying to out-nerd each other. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta believe. Very similar to possibly an episode of Parks and Recreation. <laughs> no, that was not nerding. That was that was a communion of nerds. Yes. It was. It was great. And what you did not hear was me bringing down a massive thunderbolt of Star Trek VI knowledge uh, to crush the both of them. So I just would like to be acknowledged for my restraint in this uh, in this unfortunate episode. I love the J.J. Abrams Star Trek or Star Trek. Oh, Star, yes. yeah. Star Trek movie. They're all sitting in front of me right now, actually, on my DVD shelf. So. I'm sorry. It's too late. You had your chance to pick my brain. <laughs> now we must move on. Next episode, Grace. You're not going to talk Star Trek. See, will probably murder me. <laughs> well, Sean, you are definitely proving that Cleveland throcks, so well done. Yes, it does. You know I'm from Cleveland. How did you... Oh, you Oh, you guys, the tweet from earlier today. <laughs> no? Hashtag VO. Yeah. Hashtag VO. What, what? Yeah. And let me just conclude this interview by saying, uh, first of all, number one, I want you all to tune in to the Thread Raiders Twitch channel in August. Uh, we will be hosting the Welcome Party RPG Fall Program Lineup Upfront <laughs> announcement show. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, of course, it'll be on right after the NBC show, but before the ABC show. Okay. Starring Kara Sedgwick. We're going to get the guy from Burn Notice to do it. You know, he doesn't have any work. He's gonna like share randomly. Yeah. I do too. I like his, I, I I like that he's just ripped and never works out. <laughs> right. So am I. I mean, who needs to work out to be ripped? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Work. <laughs> <laughs> And also, for those of you who are fans of PAX, uh, we will no longer be calling it PAX anymore. It will henceforth be known as the Mr. Pibb Product Spectacular. <laughs> In order to help uh, TK remember its name from now on. I was going to call it CA Meet because all day I've been tweeting. Yeah. Goes, what are you doing at PAX? Meeting CA. That is my plan. What's your other plans? I have no idea. I know. Yeah. Buzz was like, oh, are you excited about PAX? I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. He's like, what do you want to see when you're there? I'm like, TK. He's like, what? <laughs> you know, my boss asked me today, what are you going to do at PAX? I'm meeting my friend CA. What else? I have no idea. But it's going to be you amazing. Call it whatever CA we do. Meet because anybody who doesn't know CA will call it Ka Meat. And that's <laughs> like, is that like bacon? What is Ka Meat? Mm, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I don't know what it's from, but I think I like it. <laughs> I'd like to show you my Ka Meat. <laughs> It's promo time. Greetings, fellow adventurers. Fenwald Griswick here. Dice are like people. When they first arrive at your house, you're thrilled to see them, and they cooperate with your plans for world domination. 
But then after about five hours or so, you develop a mutual hatred and they deliberately screw with your stuff out of spite. Are you tired of rolling a one when you really needed a 12 or higher? Do your acrobatics checks look more like grasping vines? Have you been killed while casting animal friendship? Scientifically speaking, your dice probably aren't cursed. But why take the chance? Our presenting sponsor this week is Tabletop Loot. Tabletop Loot has a wide variety of gaming accessories, such as complete sets of dice, tote bags, t-shirts, rolling towers, and much more. They even have those pads of paper you use to write down the list of things you need to buy from the grocery store. Whether it's ending the terrible reign of an undead dragon or simply trying to climb out of a hole formerly lived in by a gelatinous cube, don't settle for substandard tools. Visit tabletoploot.com right now to see all of their amazing wares. And when you find something you like, use the code THREADRAIDERS at checkout to get an even bigger discount. After all, what's the point in publicly admitting you know us if you're not going to get a little cash out of the deal? Tabletop loot, loot for every table. And now, back to our show. TK, it's your turn. (laughs) We've been talking for so long, it feels like tomorrow. (laughs) Good. Uh, The RPG, I am still committed to bridging this gap between uh, poisonous computer players. Oh, jeez. As, uh... From our Discord, and actually from a lot of crap that um, I brought up in the stream last night with Dak, all the stuff that Bethesda's getting has been from PC players. Because, yeah. you know, us PS4 and Xbox One players are like, yeah, we got issues. We're used to it. It's still a fun game. It's actually something Joy turned me on to, uh, as Grizz knows her as a dire foxy squirrel. Yes. <laughs> that does sound familiar, yes. Uh, actually posted up in our uh, Discord, uh, the Elder Scrolls Tabletop RPG. It's a 5th edition hack. Sweet. Mm-hmm. But uh, my only issue with it is character building is point by only. For now. Point by is best by. Until, uh, is best by. until I get a hold of it, and then I'm going to rewrite the rules and get a hold of the people who made it, because I found them on Twitter. Like, look, yes, we can do this with rules. <laughs> What's your option other than point by? That is it right now, because it just came out like six months ago. No, I meant in general. Because it's the right one. <laughs> oh, rolling. I'll roll. I can roll an OP character ah. because our lovely uh, host Tabletop Loot, I love their dice. And I've actually been asked to buy people Tabletop Loot dice for Christmas wow. this year. <laughs> I know it's on my list. And uh, I, I like the game because it has all of... The traits from Elder Scrolls, from all the way back from Elder Scrolls 1 uh, to Skyrim. And even some stuff from ESO is included in character creation. And you get to not just pick your character, but you pick their personality traits, which much like the Witcher RPG you roll for, you roll or pick. I prefer roll myself because it, it gives it a bit more randomness. But if I was doing a straight, you know, we're RPing this pick your own traits campaign, and it's based in Tamriel. Oh, interesting. And they actually have two uh, things out for it right now. I'll send you the link, Grizz, after the show is done. Thank so you. you. Can put that in our notes if you'd like. Because they, they have uh, a few versions of the rules. But also, they have their own supplement, and they're all free right now, only asking for minor donations. Oh, wow. Huh. 
Huh. And like this is this is kind of cool. They, like the community around it has built their own encounter tables. They built an NPC list. They've done so much work. I didn't have a supplement out for it for the capital city of Cyrodiil and an adventure yeah. in Cyrodiil. Can I ride a Kwama? <laughs> yes, that is actually can in I, here. Can I? I summon a Kwama mount as my paladin. <laughs> uh, the one thing I really like about it is no, I'm serious. I think the, they're cool. Yeah, uh, but you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I really like is all the classes. This speaks to the homebrew in me because like the base classes are there, but it gives a way to mix classes. So I have a multi class because like oh, I'm a, at level one. I'm a barbarian mage. So, yeah, I take a hit, and I can't use anything iron, but also, I get a d6 and a d12 when I hit you. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. So, mixing die types within the hit. Yeah. yeah like, I'm going to hit you with my sword, but I'm also going to cast a spell because it has wielding rules in here, which takes me back to 2nd and 3rd edition D&D, where yeah. you know, I was like, oh, you're wielding. You get two different attacks you can do. And also, you can be a dragonborn. I love dual wielding. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. which dual wielding rules in fifth edition. Yeah. yeah, but they're kind of they're, they're meh. It, it has to be the same type of weapon. I can't be like, oh, I have a heavy weapon in my left hand <laughs> and a light weapon in my right hand. And if you're a caster, you have to use uh, only evocation spells if you're dual wielding. And then it is it has to be you know cantrip or free action. It can't be a base action and then an attack but it can because it also tells you to break all the rules mm. yeah they rule like dandy really. oh, rules you yeah. james rules law and i i'm gonna that's that's the book i'm bringing in the packs actually was my uh, uh my yeah. first edition D book which says that as rule zero at the very beginning the dm the dm's rules law Rule one, yeah. have fun. Rule two, do not continue reading this book if you expect to not face death and adventures. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really, I haven't got to play it yet because I just discovered it on uh, Monday. <laughs> first edition D&D? No, uh, I was going online. I discovered first edition D&D 26 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> My players hate it because like, yeah, here's the guy you're facing. Showed them all the character sheet, and uh, one person threatened to quit. They're like, "Okay, like you're just mean. Like I made you guys overpowered." But the the way the combat works is fifth edition, with some minor changes, and each class is broken down perfectly in this. Oh, cool. If you're looking at a class, you can say, "Okay, I want to know can my class do this at level one." You can look right at your class as its own chapter. It has an appendix that tells you go to this chapter for this class. Yes, you can either do it at level one or not. Hmm. That's interesting that they would do that. Yeah. I have a feeling, a lot of information, it feels it is, like. Yeah. yeah. And I was reading the blog post of the guys who made it. They've been working on it this year. Like, what? I, you guys are just immensely crazy. That is what I think of you. You're crazy that you managed to build <laughs> not only a 
a tabletop RPG in less than a year, but you built a um, supplement as well. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. Were you wizards? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're related to Death by Mage. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, I'm betting Mage I handed this. <laughs> I'm working on another project with him right now, and that guy is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Who are you working with? Death by Mage. Death by Mage? Ah. Puts all the workaholics in us to shame. <laughs> he really does. I thought, I'm doing good getting my, you know, thing sent to an editor, and then Mage and I were chatting, and he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, I did that with, like, uh, Journey to the Feywild. It took me, like, you know, a few weeks of, like, going on for, like, three months. <laughs> <laughs> It was so funny before we went to Gen Con. He's like, "You have to make sure to feed me," and I was like, "Okay." Oh. And I, I offered the I offered the Kickstarter hiring a page to follow him around and just give him food, but he said no because he's pretty sure that was illegal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris Vicks, is it me? Is it me? It is you. That's me. It's me. I have a time. Hey, what's happening in the community? All right, we got a good song. Community update. Yeah. so this shout out is for alicia dawn mason who is a writer in our tiny rpg community i just wanted to let everybody know that she now has an amazon bestseller out there really you can find it on amazon and you can get it for kindle it is a gripping new novel we've enslaved an actual author that's incredible yes Yes. And she's so nice. She is one of the so most nice. And like, uh, wow, well, I cannot say enough about Alicia. Yeah. She just is amazing mm-hmm. and so supportive of everyone in the community. Yeah, she's always there for is, us, and she's a great mom. And her book is great. Like when I first learned about the shit of book, I was like, I'm gonna buy this now. And I read it. And like, so, my first question, when's the next one coming out? I don't want to be with those people, but like, the more... I'm pretty sure like, she likes those people. <laughs> yeah, like, she, she is really receptive to people coming to her and like, hey, you know, what's going on? And I've had, we've discussed theories about D&D and where things should go. So I'm gonna and her... Kids are also into D&D. Yes, they are. In fact, this book is also about D&D. So I'm going to read a small description of it so everybody can know what it's about. Living in a small town in Vermont, 13-year-old Lily Ann Thompson struggles to find herself in what constitutes as entertainment. Her biggest concern currently is how to pass a not-so-simple math test before an upcoming summer break. With her four friends, Lily Ann embraces an epic world of hulking monsters, reclaiming treasure, and horribly arrogant wizard by playing a tabletop RPG. So, I would highly recommend it. I would go out to Amazon, take a look, and there's also a free sample in there if you want um, more than that, so you can find out more about it. What was it called again? It is called The Adventures of Lily Ann Thompson. I am buying this book. Yeah, uh, she also has a uh, Halloween book out that was actually what she and I got discussing because I was looking for a Halloween book and I bought that before I actually knew who she was and I had to look her up on Twitter because like I want to know if there's more to this because I really enjoyed it 
I read both of her books in a matter of two days. Yeah. Yes. And then I, I was like, we started chatting and became friends. I was like, and we've talked on the phone a few times. I was helping out with some tech stuff. And I was like, so it was like, book to me. I was like, Dana, stop asking me. So <laughs> 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 like, I'm working on it. Like, sorry. It's just, I need to know. <laughs> like I need more of this. It's a wonderful adventure. It is actually good for all ages, not like gladiators. <laughs> but even I'm though naughty here, even though we we do go to adult content, Alicia is very good about you know reminding us, hey, kids are watching you. <laughs> <laughs> She's also stopped by a few of our streams. Yeah. Uh, with her, with her son, uh, when I was running Sh- Shadowrun, her and her son would stop by whenever they could. But mm-hmm. giant time zones difference. We're East Coast, she's West Coast, so I got it. <laughs> but whenever they stopped by, it was always fun because they kept the chat active and always had interesting things to say. And she's always a joy to talk to. Always. So you can also find her on Twitter. We'll add the link in here along with the Amazon book. And that way you guys can check it out. That was my community update. And now it's tea time. Tea time. Yay. ling a ling a ling Do they ring a dinner bell for the tea? <laughs> they do. That is I, so I posh. I love it. <laughs> posh so tea time. I'm going to bring, bring a dinner bell now whenever you tea time so oh, I can ring yeah, it. yeah, we should. <gasps> Sean, you're I have Do you have any finger sandwiches to eat with this tea? <laughs> I'm very hungry right now. We should never live stream this podcast. Pardon me, sir. Would you like some food. crumpets with your tea? Grizzly. Oh, I'd love some crumpets with my tea. Very good, sir. Very How good. divine. <laughs> the question is, do you understand cricket and crumpets? Cricket and crumpets? <laughs> Grizz, you should do tea time in that voice. <laughs> 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 At least the first cap. <laughs> Snapcap fact number 40, 59. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so your options are true, false, or huh. I will read you uh, the facts from the other side of an unnamed T brand's uh, cap, and you will tell me uh, what you think. Everybody ready? Oh, ready. Yes. ready. You ready, Sean? Ready? Ready. I'm in this. Do it. All right. Snapcap fact number 59. Brain waves can be used to power an electric train. Do we take turns? Nope. Shout it out. No. Hold up a yeah, card. Shadow true. Waves. True. True. Why do you say true? Uh, because brain waves, the, the, electromagnet, the, the electricity from your brain can be used to power limbs, like false limbs. So my logic is... It only stands to reason that if it can power a limb, all it has to do is flip a switch to turn on a train, right? So, like, the most advanced sorts of prostheses right now for, like, fingers and stuff, you think at it with your brain waves. It's not really your brain waves, but whatever, right? It's the electromagnetic impulse moving from your brain down through your whatever. But if you just hook those same wires up to a train, it stands to reason, at least to me, that, you know, um, it would work. TK, you did, something, you did something this weekend, didn't you, or last weekend? You moved, like, an airplane with your mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
right? Are you there? Did I lose you? JK? <laughs> Maybe I wasn't supposed to mention it. JK, come back. <laughs> that was his superpower. How dare you? <laughs> he can move airplanes with his mind bullets. <laughs> well, well, TK, thanks about that. I'm going to go with true because Sean was very convincing. I threw a plate once, but I don't know if my mind or not. <laughs> not a plate, a plane. <laughs> and a plane. A plane, plane boss, the plane. A plane in Spain. <laughs> That's a different kind of plane. That is a flat tableland. I swear it happened. I think it's more like a spy thing, and he can't say anything. So I'm gonna stay with true. Yes. Um. Yeah, but that I'm gonna go with false. That that whole plane thing. That's for later. But power a train, not move the train. I mean, powering it takes a lot of power. I don't think our it was brain, a train train, right? Did you hear Sean's explanation? It seemed very. I powerful. did. Yeah, but I also like the human body. The amount of volts we can produce wouldn't be enough because trains run on enough that it can electrocute a thousand people on electric trains. Jeez. I think I am thinking of a toy yeah, me train. Too. How big is this train? I'm wrong. It says electric train, so I assume that they're talking about a locomotive. Okay, so I had thought it meant like yeah, a kid's electric like train. Goes around a Christmas is, tree kind of train. No, I do not think a human mind can power a full-size not train. The, not the train on the fall of the CA. Oh. If it has to be a small mm. toy train, then yes, I think it could possibly activate oh. the switches. Yeah, I was all in on the toy train, but not so in, much yeah. now. Yeah, really toy trains, that. I could see it doing, but a full-size, yeah. you know, 40-ton locomotive, no. I could just picture Chris's yeah. seats right now. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so true and false. So falses. Or what? I'm going to go with false. All the falses. All falses? If it's not a toy train. I, I don't know. If, okay, if it's not a toy train, false. <laughs> if it's a toy train, true. We've established <laughs> it is a locomotive. Like a, okay, okay, if it's a full-size locomotive, then false. false. Yes. Okay. And the answer is true. No, really? no way. I need an explanation. I need to know how this works. There are multiple types of brain waves. The most powerful among them are gamma brain waves, which oscillate at 38 to 42 hertz. These are the brain waves that are produced during sex or gunfire or Ooh. whatever other epinephrine fair is happening in the movie <laughs> Crank. Yeah, you do a load of... you by Crank. You do a load of adrenaline and you're like, yeah, I'm wired! If you convert those hertz into power, you get 7.73 times 10 to the negative 39 kilowatt hours. And if you convert that to an electric train, which requires 4,500 to 5,200 kilowatt hours per mile, you get, and I'll spare you the math, 3.1 times 10 to the negative 35th of an inch every hour. Well, that's ridiculous. I want to see this happen. So they're saying if you're in an intense adrenaline life or death situation, you can power a train. If they yeah. would convert your potential energy to do it. <laughs> but that's not even a thing. That's not a thing. That I, I, uh... It is very important to note <sighs> that uh, this would require a highly invasive and possibly lethal surgery uh, to plant the wires, the electrical wires, directly onto your gray matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Don't. 
Yeah, I, okay, so what you're saying is it's false, except in science fiction. Yes. Or it's false unless the person wants to die. I'd be willing to rule it false. Or it's false. Do you not want to have the surgery? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I do not want to. Do you want to have the surgery? You get to go first. How about I will have it if you have it first? Ooh. All right. <laughs> Challenge. I'm out. That means everybody's tied at one. <laughs> we did it. I should have said, I should have said, huh, because that's what I was thinking. Huh. That are my normal, what the fuck? <laughs> Snapcat fact number 246. The silk of a spider is stronger than steel threads of the same diameter. True. Wait, tensile strength? Or. Yes, we would be discussing tensile strength. True. See, I feel like we've been asked this before. I know. I know. Mm. I don't want to get. I feel like we got it wrong. Uh, I don't think it was true. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with true. All right. And the answer is it's even more false than the last time. Oh, no. I knew it was a repeat. Some of you may remember Snapcat fact number 884, which was very similar to this one, except they were talking about dragline, not silk. Silk is actually different in that it is significantly more flimsy and can break uh, very easily compared to dragline. So... Last time, since we were discussing drag line, and that was false, this is definitely even falsier. Falsier. <laughs> <laughs> Snapcat fact number 1385. If you were to stretch out a slinky until it is flat, it would measure 87 feet long. An average one? Uh, I want to say true because... I had an old metal slinky. So in this case, we're referring to the original slinky. True. The original 1968 slinky, which is made of iron. I mean, it seems only long. It seems really long to me, which means it's probably true, but I'm also going to go with my gut, which has led me wrong twice already. (laughs) I'm going to go with false. All right. TK, you said true? I said true. I'm going to go with true. They had some pretty crazy toys back then. Okay. And the answer is false. <sighs> Wait, Sean, you got it. Yay. Yay! Yay! You did it! Yay! <laughs> it seemed enormously long. <laughs> and if it's steel, that's going to get 87 feet of steel. <laughs> that seems like it would be very expensive. I would refer you to patent number US2415012A. <laughs> Granted to Richard T. James on uh, August the 21st, 1946. He refers to a helical spring toy adapted to walk and oscillate, consisting essentially of a helical spring having substantially no compression or tension between turns in closed position when no external force is acting. And it also says that it is specifically 80 feet uh, not 87. Oh. oh. See? So it was still Wow, that's still really long. long. Still very long. Yeah, that's way longer than I thought. Although, I did once uh, untwine. I, I did once untwine a slinky once. <laughs> did you get any slinky cuts? <laughs> no, I used a uh, tool that I had in my metal shop because I just had a slinky when I was a kid. I like, I want to untwine this. Did you tie it to a horse's tail and then slap the horse on the ass? No, I use the pneumatic tool. Yeah. My shop 
teach you what are you doing? I'm making a slinky straight. He's like, okay, Egon. <laughs> Aww, I had such a huge crush on Egon when I was little. The curly hair. Oh, yeah. So smart. Plus, he has that great ride. The side. What? Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> it's all about the guys with the cars. <laughs> it's uh, also, he had an unlicensed nuclear reactor on his back. I mean, yeah, what's not to love, really? He's the full package. <laughs> Welcome to the trap. <laughs> Snapcat fact number 1180. John Adams had a horse named Cleopatra. You know, I've read the John Adams biography, or a couple of them, because I'm a big revolutionary history nerd. Ooh. I don't ever remember, and it's such a side note that I, it might not be true, but I don't ever remember hearing that. I feel like it's something you'd remember, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry, I skipped over that Snapcap about Fort Ticonderoga. <laughs> You sh- you should be. Go back. Um, <laughs> Give me twenty minutes. Okay. Uh, mm. It seems like a I'm weird thing tr- to put on a cap for it to be false. Uh, I want to say true because that's just so weird. And during that era, I mean, we had a president who beat someone half to death with a cane. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, um. I think it was. What? There was a there minute. was a congressperson in 1858 <laughs> when debating uh, the uh, what was it the uh, it was during the civil war prior to the civil war there was a congressperson who beat another congressperson with a cane. I don't ever remember. Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm going to go with true, um, okay. but I don't ever remember a story. I'm going with true of a president doing it. Yeah, uh, Andrew Jackson. I think I mean, that would be surprising. He was kind of a steaming pile of poo. Well, it was when he was a senator, too, that he beat someone oh, half okay. to death with a cane and then walked away because the man insulted him on the floor of the Senate. All right. Huh. So there's many things happening here, and I have no choice but to interject. <laughs> so Andrew, Andrew Jackson did, in fact, beat somebody with his cane. It was a man who attempted to assassinate huh. him, but both of the guns jammed. Oh. And so Jackson took his cane and beat the shit out of him until he was almost dead. And then they took him away and put him in jail. So that is the full story. We, we, need, we need more presidents like that. Like, look, you're trying to kill me? I'm going to We do not you. need more We have a president like that. like that. Answer the question. We do. True. There it is. I'm true. <laughs> true. And the answer is True. Cleopatra and Caesar were two horses that pulled the carriage of our second president, John Adams. Not his best moment, President Adams. Not his best moment. No, I feel like that's just asking for trouble. Oh, he's an old softy. He likes people who cheat on their wives. (laughs) Fun fact, while certainly considered Egyptian by the Romans, Cleopatra VII was in fact descended from Lagus, one of the generals of the Macedonian Greek named Alexander the Great. Oh! Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's from the line of Ptolemy. That is correct. She's Ptolemaic Egypt, yes. She was inbred to the 17th degree, as it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that I did not know. Yes. Literally, the Greeks refused yeah. to mate know. with the Egyptians because they considered them inferior. And so it was brother um, and sister, brother yeah. and sister, brother and sister for 17 degrees. That's weird. It Things was. you learn on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Snapcat fact number 993. Powerful earthquakes can make the earth spin faster. 
100% true. All right. That was confident. Do you know the science behind it? I do. What's the science behind it? I watched it on a documentary once. Mm. Speak to me, Sean. Tell me of the ways of the Earth's rotation. I saw it in a documentary. I don't know. The, <laughs> I don't remember the actual oh. science. I just saw it in a documentary and, and remember recall that. Yes. You misheard him. You oh. thought he said he has a degree in astrophysics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a theoretical degree in astrophysics. Like it's all it theory. Well, I mean, Sean did seem very confident, so I feel like I have to go with the confidence. So true. I'm going to go with true because he's super confident there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and the answer is true. Yay, Sean! Yay! Uh, we actually have discussed this on the podcast before. Uh, a great example of this was the Japan earthquake uh, that resulted in the Fukushima nuclear disaster, which was an 8.9 magnitude earthquake that caused the days to be shortened on earth by 1.6 microseconds that's so crazy yes and anytime the day gets faster that is the result of the earth spinning faster hmm. truth yep now he's on this podcast right now well well recalled, <laughs> sir. Well recalled. <laughs> snapcat fact number 879 most koala bears sleep up to 22 hours a day no. true I literally have no You're idea. You're so lazy and fluffy. Now it's TK who's confident. Yeah, TK does seem confident. Uh, I have a roommate who really hates koalas and pandas. I had a roommate who hated koalas and pandas. With a fiery passion, it would ignite the sun. I thought you had a roommate who slept 22 hours a day. I was going to be like, wow. I feel like that's Yeah, that's true. impressive. Given the choice, he would have, but I will come on. I'm going to go with true yeah. as well. Three trues. All right. TK feels confident. And the answer is True. Yay! Yay! Uh, koalas have an extremely poor diet. Uh, they eat 200, anywhere from 200 to 500 grams of eucalyptus leaves every day. And eucalyptus leaves are, among other things, toxic. And so that brings their metabolism down to a crawl. And uh, so thus they have to sleep away uh, you know, for long periods of time. Not to mention the fact that they are usually short of vitamins. <laughs> You think they wouldn't survive if that was the case? Well, fun fact, the only other creatures that can eat eucalyptus and survive are the ring-tailed possum and the great glider possum. Ring-tailed possums oh. are cute. Yes. The great glider possum. Bleh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> glider bleh. The great possum. glider possum is the cutest of all animals that can fly in your face and claw your eyes out. Duh. Nah. What? <laughs> well joy. You just, just so you know, it can glide in your face and claw your eyes out. Do not adopt it. Oh, but they're so cute. Uh, no brother. You know how I feel. <laughs> I'm willing to give you all two minutes to Google the Great Glider Possum. Oh, yes. SCA <laughs> rushes to Google. Yes, I'm allowed to Google. Oh... There it is. Snapcat fact number 776. Ferret comes from the Latin word for little thief. Yes. True. I, mean, uh, yeah. I took Latin for like three years, and I'm pretty sure it's true. It's the pretty Are we going to have to whip out our, 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 our Latin <laughs> credentials right now? Because 
I happen to be the National Junior Classical League champion in history from 1996. Back to the nerd war. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with false. I can't think of a cognate, and I might be wrong. Uh, I can't think of a cognate for thievery, uh, but for maybe. Ah, shit. For what it's worth, I was on the team that helped translate the Rosetta Stone, so there. Oh, neat. Were you really? No. Uh, that would have been amazing. You said it with such oomph yeah. and panache that I, I believed it. Especially since it was 160 years ago. I, I haven't yeah. aged that well, I promise you. Well, Chris, you're another Highlander like me. I'm That's me, right. <laughs> we meet at the meetings on every second Thursday. I feel like just to be, I'm going to go with false, and that way one of us will get it right and I'll feel good. All right. Great plan. CA, what was yours? I went with TK. With true? I thought TK said false, right? No, I said true, because it, it sounds right. I'm learning my Latin correctly. This oh. is why I wanted to clarify. False. I go with false. Okay. And the answer is true. No, TK. There you go, TK. What, what's the word? Uh, the Latin word fur means thief. Uh, so that's F-E-R. That's the fur part. Mm. Uh, the et comes from Old French. Um, which, of course, is still a romantic language, so it counts. Uh, And that means little. So that's where we get cigarette, which is a little cigar, or marionette, which is a little marion, which is the French word for Mary. Uh, Marionettes were used uh, to depict Christian Bible stories back in the day. Fascinating. And so, by a final score of 5 to 5 to 4, it is a tie between Sean and TK. Hey! Well played. Unfortunately, there are no tiebreakers on the show. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, I will graciously concede. Sean, you win. No, no, I graciously concede. TK, you win. <laughs> oh, All right, I, went through, I went through this last year with, with somebody in another tournament I was in. We both graciously conceded. And then the, the guy who ran it was like, okay, second place wins. Everybody's like, no, no, they should win. I was like, God damn it. Yeah, you win. Congratulations. So unfortunately, CA dropped out of the call. Oh, no. No. Well, I don't know when she comes back. No, I'm trying back. to kill us. No, CA. Hey, welcome back. I got so win. excited. I was trying to show you a picture of that greater. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything shut down. <laughs> I'm so sad. But uh, Sean and I both conceded. Yeah, so you won. I won? Me? Yay! Yay, CA! How did I win? We both conceded. Yay, I won! <laughs> <laughs> it was the most conceded <laughs> argument I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, man. I hang up on myself more often. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for What's in the Box? What's in the Box? What's in the box? What's in the box? The uh, part of our show where I uh, read a story to my co-host and then ask them uh, to tell me what is inside of the mysterious container at the end of our little tale. Hmm. Everybody ready? I'm ready. Yep. All right. When it comes to sleeping, you're the tops. (laughs) After almost a full week of dealing with kidnappings and piracy, you sleep until just before noon. Now, very refreshed and eager to get back on the road, you bounce out of bed and pack up all of your gear. 
The second that you step out on the balcony, you are astonished by the sheer carnage left behind from the night before. From your eye, it appears that there is not even a single five-inch stretch of wall or floor that isn't covered with dents, scrapes, gashes, fluid, blood, or booze. The floor beneath your feet is sticky with spilled ale and candle wax. The railings are covered with scorch marks. The chandelier, now missing one of its candle cups, sways from the ceiling wobbly. As you descend the stairs, you have to hold on to the railing for fear of slipping due to the lubricating remnants of last night's kerfuffle. At the bottom of the stairs, you find a puddle of what can only be described as syrup with two handprints in the middle of it. Looking up from the puddle, you see that a portion of the lower level beneath your balcony clearly received the worst of the melee. It's as if the entire tavern were built on a slant, and that the excreted debris from the fighting has slowly crept across the floor during the night. And that's when you see him, the owner, a 90-year-old man with cloud-white whiskers just sitting in the middle of his unoccupied yet completely trashed bar. In his right hand is a broom. His left hand gesticulates wildly as if he's having a conversation with himself. He tries to look at you from his throne, but his eyelids are so droopy that you can't see his pupils. How was your stay? He asks. You try to buck him up by bragging about how comfortable the lumps in his mattress were. <laughs> but it's clear from his dejected tone that the question was rhetorical. The owner stands and shuffles slowly towards the bar. He's hunched over as if he were personally punched in the stomach last night. But that might also be the result of his advanced age. <laughs> Watching him walk towards the bar actually makes you impatient to the point where you want to go and pick him up and finish the trek for him. <laughs> Once he arrives, he busies himself with his cleanup, sloshing around dozens of broken shot glass shards at the base of the bar. It is at this moment that you decide that even heroes need a day off every once in a while, and so you offer to help clean up. Under the tables, you find chairs. Under the chairs, you find urns. Under the urns, you find glassware. Under the glassware, you find a ring. Under the ring, you find a thumb. And on it goes for almost an entire afternoon. You and the innkeeper get quite chummy. You even convince him to take a break during which he falls asleep so soundly that you're able to lift his feet and sweep up the glass from underneath him without rousing him. Eventually, he does wake, and seeing how much was accomplished in his absence, agrees to pay you five gold if you can return the bar to working order before he opens at 5 p.m. You accept his challenge and get to work squeezing fruits and washing dishes. When you notice that he's desperately low on glassware, he sends you to the basement which can be accessed via a secret panel behind the bar. You descend into the basement and find hundreds of shells full of glasses of all shapes and sizes. Just as you're placing the last of this glassware into a canvas bag you requisitioned for the purpose, the old man calls down for one last favor. He needs a bottle of grenadine. Since it's non-alcoholic, no one ever drinks it. But last night, the top <laughs> half was used as a weapon. So he needs a new one from the back. You find the bottle of grenadine right where the old man said it would be, next to an old sea captain's chest, half covered by a tarp. You don't open the box right away. You have to think about it, but only for a second. My question for you is this. What's in the box? 
What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> yes. All right. So I have to answer this, right? I'm telling you what's in the box. Is that correct? Yes. I want to know what's in All the box. All right. So as the box creakily opens, you see a small rectangular object wrapped in deep purple velvet, kind of that old velvet that some of it's worn away and you can see where the, the it's threadbare. As you pick it up and unlock it, it, it's heavier than it looks to begin with, and it's, you unwrap the, the velvet, and as you do, dust particles come off of it, flickering in the candlelight. <laughs> and, and there you see a small rosewood box. Ooh. A box within a box. It's a box in a box. It's a box in a box. Ah, it's a box. It has a brass clasp on it on the front. It's not locked. It's just a simple snap. And as you click it open, there's a, a slight bit of resistance as it comes up. And you open the box. And inside, inset on the bottom, is a sextant in mm. the same deep purple velvety cloth. Mm -hmm. And inset on the top is an astrolab. Mm. Oh, Griswix, this is totally you. How sexy is your sextant? <laughs> How sexy is this sextant? Uh, it is. It's it appears smexy. to be made of silver and gold, and the eyepiece, instead of having regular glass lenses, has ruby lenses. Ooh! Wow, that sounds expensive. A rose-colored horizon finder. Mm hmm. Wow, I'd be afraid to touch it. Has the sextant come down through time uh, from, say, <sighs> some sort of pirate? It has certainly come through a seafaring lineage. It is entirely possible that a pirate or a captain or even just a plucky navigator once owned it and they were surprised by what they found. I would be too. Now, when I use this, um, does it have any sort of special features? Like, can it be used with any star or... Do you look through the sextant? Is that what you're asking me? Yes, while standing in this basement, I check the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> is it still there? You are confronted with an image not of this world as you Ooh. look through the sextant. You I'll see say. far horizons. <laughs> a planet rise behind a large orange star. Ooh. You are looking at the astral plane. The astral plane. The sexy sextant and the <laughs> astral plane astrolab. <laughs> Sounds like a shop. I like it mostly because it's a tongue twister. <laughs> So anyone can use this? You have to be 18 or older. You must be 18 or older because sometimes you can see naughty things through there. You realize, though, as you turn the sextant around, it's relative to your position on this material plane. And that if you had the right tool, mm -hmm. you could travel towards what you see. Oh, we can go anywhere. Do I need a partial portal? But could you easily you get back or are you lost? You can go wherever the astrolab or wherever the sextant can see, but... You can only go there with the Astrolab taking the bearings for you at the same time, which means this mm. paired set of magical items must be used by two people. So you could technically get stuck somewhere else if you don't have your other person. That is correct. Well, now let me ask you this. We have a rented mm -hmm. yak named Molly. Uh, <laughs> does she yes. count? Is that a possible thing? <laughs> does she have opposable thumbs and can read the digits on an Astrolab? She's got the longest tongue you've ever seen and an assistant. Is any of that working for me? Uh, maybe the assistant. Ooh. Tell me more about this assistant. Exactly identical, except smaller. 
<laughs> nope. Yeah. Sadly, Meeball. your your lovely yak compatriot cannot read the astral oh, because they can't hold it mostly. Yeah. Now I have to befriend someone. Ew. You can icky. use yeah. them. But you've already made a friend with the bartender. You could travel the horizons together. Oh yeah. I'm gonna carry him around with me. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's seen enough of the world. He's old. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I think it's great. All right, TK, what's in your box? In my box is a, another box as well. It it's, looks like some kind of paper or layer paper, and it's covered with some gray kind of sticky material over the top. Ew. And yeah, it's about gross. one inch wide and silver. And when you look down at it, you see that kind of one-inch thick strip of silver across the top. And when you remove that strip of silver, there's a skull inside. Yes. Whoa, there we go. Does the skull have, like, engravings on it? It does. Oh. Is it Latin? It is not. <laughs> it, it is in uh, their wounds. But a bumps. Runes. What's in the eye sockets? They are empty. Oh. oh, weird. Usually there's gems. Is it a filled skull? Like, no. Is it, is there, it, it is so an, an empty, empty skull. skull. Yes. Okay. Hmm. That's a shame because I have it on good authority that if you fill a skull with lead, it's worth more. What happens when I read the runes? Uh, you, and Mills, this is a shout to you because I would do this. Uh, you see that uh, it, the runes say Norwegian wood is better than Canadian wood, and around you... You see, you see this wonderful and beautiful scenery up here. And in the scenery, you see people who are chopping wood and you know, they're preparing for winter. And you hear this voice. It's a very deep, baritone voice that says, He who is ever found worthy shall bear the power of Thor. And in the distance, you see Thor's hammer. John. Are you worthy? Me? Yes. No. <laughs> Certainly not. I'm not worthy to go pick up a Thor's hammer. You should pick up the hammer. I am a giant man-child. I don't want that. <laughs> someone someone who, need, who can deal with that should take that. I should sit here and talk on podcasts. That, that's what I should do. I shouldn't be anywhere near that. I will use both hands on the Thor hammer. And see, as you grab the hammer, it feels feather light to you. No, it's nothing. Ooh. But I'm going to make it look like it's taking everything I have to pick it up. <laughs> yes, yeah, solid. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's heavy, guys. People are watching you do this. Like, uh, that's a awful heavy hammer for the ladies. You lift it. They're like, um, we're getting the fuck out of here right now. We're out. New bitch. That sword in the stone moment. This is great. <laughs> I'd play $12 um, to see this in a theater. And you now have Stormbreaker. Ooh. Is that a spell? Breaker no. of Storms. Stormbreaker is a hammer that can cast my new favorite spell, mm. Shockwave, which does 12d6 damage. On a failed save, it does 24d6 damage. What? And that's not, that's not all. That's just the concussive damage. It does 40d10 lightning damage. 
<laughs> and a failed save. It does a hundred d10 lightning damage. What? What is this from? This is what? What? What even is Bet that? Bet you wish you picked it up now. It's an official edition spell. But one of my players asked if he could use it in the game, so I use it against him. And uh, oh, it almost yeah. wiped my entire party, who are all immune to magic. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Hard no, hard no for me, dog. Yeah, that would not make it in my Run campaign. Away. Now, if you can't roll 100 d10s just using your own two hands, then your character dies instantly. The, well, the, you know, that's not the best part. The save is super low, and then my campaign, everyone failed it. The DC 12, Constitution save. I don't like anything that requires me to go to all my neighbors and ask them for their d10s. All right, that seems like a lot of work. I used roll 20 to like, oh, screw this. I'm not rolling all that damage. <laughs> Can you do that in G20? Say, I have 100 dice. Yeah, 100, uh, use G, slash GMO 100D. <laughs> kind of makes me want a shield that does 1,000 D10 defensive. Right? I put my hammer, like, on the side of Molly to, like, attach it, and then Molly Mo falls over. Mo Molly falls over, <laughs> and starts, like, trying to kick, like, trying to run, but Molly can't. Oh, I'm so sorry, Molly. I take it back. Molly is unworthy. Be free. I like how we're going to just gloss over the fact that uh, your box is giving me advice on good wood. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the wood, Norwegian wood is supposed to be superior, I've heard. So that's what's written on the skull, at least. Yeah, we well, got to stop talking to Nils. Multiple opinions. Multiple opinions. CA, <laughs> hey, what's in your box? Inside the box, you see a burlap, and inside the sack, you um, hear what appears to be like a little tinkling song, and hmm. I'm not sure if you guys know it or not, the song is Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Tiptoe Through the Tulips. I do know the song. But it's a little tinkling sound, so it's nobody singing it, just tinkling. Tink, 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 tink. Tiptoe through the tulips, through the tulips. That guy, yes. Yes, that one. Mm -hmm. That was an excellent rendition. Thank you. Yeah, seeing the beautiful singing voice, uh, look at a thread I posted <laughs> that uh, I wanted, I was remaking, uh, it's called The Song of Matt One, where CA sings on it. <laughs> we were playing Dead by Daylight, and it was my time to be the serial killer. <laughs> and I sang that song as I chased everybody. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that great. freaked the hell out. That's the voice I want you to use on next week's tea time. <laughs> All right, so tiptoe through the tulips. Is this the club version? <laughs> no, it sounds almost like a, a kid's nursery rhyme the way that it's playing. Oh, okay. That is, so I'm gonna slowly back away from the box, like, so you guys go ahead. Uh, I, I, I'm uh, I'm grabbing my uh, plunder box and loading it here. If it jumps, I'm shooting it. My bardic soul has to know, and I open the bag. Inside the, the bag, <laughs> you yeah. see what appears to be Norwegian uh, wood. A, a very small baby. <laughs> what? Made of, <laughs> it's a baby. But it, <laughs> almost like, like a, a fetus? <laughs> it's kind of, yes. It's small like that, um, but part of it is mechanical. And nailed to it is a human-sized um, heart. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. 
<laughs> wait. And there's strands wait. of hair coming off of this. It's pretty gross. Whose hair is it? <laughs> this is my fault, dun, okay? I asked CA to be more descriptive in her in I'm her, doing so well. What's in the box? I used burlap. Isn't aren't you proud? <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> oh, good. I know. You're uh, that's super gross. <laughs> <laughs> is the heart mechanical or is the heart real? It's real and it's very old and it's got a, like a leathery black feel to uh. it. Gross. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> is the heart beating? It is beating, yes. To the rhythm what? of Tiptoe to the Tulip? <laughs> It is. Oh, you're making it worse. <laughs> oh, just like that, see? No, 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 no. I drop it. I drop it. I drop it. I drop the whole thing. It's just all no. Like, no. Uh-uh. No. So I say, uh, I say, uh, hey, baby. <laughs> what you doing in the sack? What's that all about? No, oh, no. So as you drop it... A um, wraith appears. Oh yeah, that 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 tracks. <laughs> I just cleaned this whole bar. Now we have a wraith. I can't believe it. And a baby nailed to a heart. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Ghost. I checked the baby. He's clean. The wraith, not so much. As you pick the baby up, the wraith responds but does not attack you. Well, it's because I'm holding I... the baby. Correct. He's got morals. <laughs> So you can control the wraith as long as you have the baby. So is the wraith the baby spirit? No, it's actually the mother of the baby. Duh. Yes. Save the children or save the world. (laughs) Now, if I want to talk to the wraith, do I have to move the baby's lips up and down? No, you don't have to go that far. You can just talk to the wraith. (laughs) Dude, that's weird. Dude, what? Why? Why? Oh, no. None of this is okay. Gross. I love you for it. And I love that I'm grossed out by it because that's just good storytelling right there. Yay. Just because it is so disgusting, CA, you win with the burlap baby. Yeah. I mean, Yay. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm, I watch horror movies for fun. I'm like, um, what? <laughs> this is going to be show number 60 on your network. <laughs> yes, welcome party rpg it's going to be the show number 60 in the fall lineup i don't think I like the baby yeah. says welcome to the party we just welcome the wraith <laughs> yeah <laughs> on your show they'd be welcome now that uh you know this exists in the world you realize i'm gonna have to rewrite the carnival of horrors to include that <laughs> Oh, no. And I'm in that. (laughs) No. Well, it's okay because I'm a part of the carnival now. Yeah. Sacrifice myself to become a mimic queen. You know what you have to do with the baby? Give the baby symbols, like one of those monkeys. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) (laughs) It's a mechanical baby that bangs symbols and brings forth wraiths. That would be amazeball. All the wraiths. Yes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Whenever you pick you up the baby, the better. nearest wraith comes to you. <laughs> and it protects you. Like, no. It's a, it's a wraith collar. That's awesome. <laughs> I just picture it like lambing around and like 50 wraiths just hanging around it. <laughs> it plays tiptoe to the tulips, but on cymbals. <laughs> <laughs> now it has to be a thing. That's great. And the wraiths, they tiptoe up to. I love it. <laughs> We are controlling transmission. Tonight, 
Pax Unplugged. It's going to be great. <laughs> we have Mr. Fib. <laughs> and Gritty. And Gritty. Thank you for pronouncing that for me. I promise no dolls or wraiths will be there uh, Yes, when you come to visit us. Well, you can't promise that. You have no idea what's at Pax this year. Shh. They don't need to know. It could be an entire wraith-themed event. You don't know. We're going to be doing everything. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what it is yet, but we're going to be painting miniatures, I think, at some point with Shimmerwind. And we're also going to be playing lots of board games and hanging out with Max and playtesting. Um, I do a lot of playtesting for uh, Z-Man Group and Plat High Games. They'll be there as well. So you should come play games with us because that would be fun. Yes. TK is going to be doing in-depth instruction on how to wear a kilt. <laughs> I will be there on Friday in a kilt and a spray-in. I don't care how fucking cold it is. <laughs> it's going to be cold. <sighs> so yeah, it's cold. supposed to be down to 30 degrees. Well, I got married and it was uh, 42, so. There you go. Well, lucky for you, the train station is connected to Pax Plug, so you don't have to walk anywhere. Hmm. It works great. Yay for me. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Mm. Well, I think the train I can get from Harrisburg, it's like a block and a half away. And what about you, Sean? What do you got going on this weekend? What do I have going on this weekend? Not PAX Unplugged, sadly. That's um, all right. We what like am I doing? Um, <laughs> I'm going to a brunch thing, which will be nice. Mm. Uh, have a character creation session for a game I'm not running or playing in. That'll be fun. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, running my Warhammer game on Sunday, 1 p.m. Will be part. Uh, is that the one that uh, Stinky's in? Yes, it is. Indeed. Nice. Steak arms. Yes. Now, when you say brunch, uh, do you mean eggs and bacon or babies with symbols? <laughs> uh, you know, it depends on, on how much I feel like spending that day. Mm, yeah. Like some days hearts. I like to lowbrow it with the eggs and bacon, and some days I like to go high crawl ass with babies and hearts. You're, yeah. you're starting a new career. All right, I want you to stick with the eggs and the bacon. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. We should keep it reasonable right That's now. What I'm yes. Yeah. December the 28th, 2018, the Best of the Thread Raiders Countdown Podcast. Uh, we will be off that week, and so we're doing a best of the top 75 moments from all of this year's shows, uh, which will be a total of uh, 39 different episodes. And for those of you who are interested, if you'd like to participate, uh, we would like to hear from you, literally. Uh, we are accepting audio files uh, with people saying, number one, number 20, Number 37, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we will incorporate that into the show, very similar to what we did with our theme song. Nice. Uh, all you have to do is uh, post that online and then uh, uh, reach out to me on Twitter and let me know where it is. And then soon after that is MagFest. Yay! Yes. 24 hours of gaming nonstop for four freaking days. I am so psyched. I cannot wait. <laughs> Everything from from pinball to all the original consoles are there uh, way back from atari like it's incredible and they have chip tunes you should definitely come hang out with grimecraft is going to be there this year um i'm trying to think what else there's there's quite a few bands that people are familiar with in our community that will be there uh, hyper potions are also really good so come hang out it's going to be freezing cold but it'll be a good time yes if you think pax is cold you will not be able to uh, stand magfa <laughs> It is freezing because you're right on the water. It is it is rough. And it's one of those things, you don't have anywhere to put your jackets when you get into the gay lord. So everyone tries to just brave the storm because nobody wants to bring their jackets to carry them around. <laughs> <laughs> so we all huddle together and freeze and try to make it and see who survives. Eat, 
eat whoever doesn't make it you know it's one of those things <laughs> con life yeah <laughs> con life <laughs> yes and i think the only other convention that thread readers will be at is at gen con um i just got my first airbnb i'm super excited i've never done it before and a lot of people are going to that but when it gets closer to the time we'll go through all of the fun stuff that are going on through there <laughs> fun times yes all right sean anything else you want everybody to know uh that i love you it was great to be yes. on here and thank love you so too. much for having me this oh. was a blast it really yeah. was hopefully you'll be on again yeah, whenever you like, just call no. me and I'll be there. Oh. And now that I understand the format a little bit better, I will be more prepared <laughs> next time as well. You did great. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> Your purple velvet was wonderful. We love, we love touching thank it. You. We love yes. petting it. We're going to beautiful. keep our marbles in it. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, I also want to thank our guest host again, Throck Plays, who you can find online okay. at Throck Plays, and also at Welcome Party RPG, along with uh, 108 of the greatest shows that uh, you could find uh, that's uh, D&D related. We would also like to thank our steadfast sponsor, Tabletop Loot. Uh, if you are in the market for some excellent Christmas gifts, you should head out to tabletoploot.com right now and uh, use the code THREADRAIDERS when you decide to check out to get 15% off of your bill. Uh, it's a great way to save and give some good gifts. And for those of you who enjoyed our show, if you could give us a tweet to help us spread the word, that would be great. Also, for more information on the Thread Raiders, you can go to threadraiders.com where you will find links to all of our social media properties, Facebook, Discord, etc., etc., etc.